Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. The title of it is called Covenant Day of Advancement. Covenant Day of Advancement. But before we start the service this morning, there's something that I want us to be able to do. I wish I wish it's a life when I'm in life like a present service. And um uh, and, and and it will be it will make more sense, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to attempt to try it online and just to make sure that we understand. So which means in this whole of this month. What I'm trying to say is the fact that this month where we are, the month of April, which is our month of advancement, it's going to, we're going to have a call and a response. A call and a response, for instance, I'm going to give an example. When I say it's our month of advancement, then you are going to say, I'm empowered to run through the troops and leap over the walls. So when I say our month of advancement, then you are going to declare and say, I am empowered to run through the troops and leap over the wall. That very particular scripture is taken from the book of Psalm chapter 18 verse 29. Psalm 18 verse 29. So which means I'm going to start again. Um, what's gonna, I'm just going to say um, April, our month of advancement. The, your part is I am empowered to run through a troop and leap over a wall. So which means let's go one more time. Our month of advancement, I am empowered to run through a troop. And leap over a wall. Our amount of advancement, I'm empowered to run through a troop and leap over a wall. Let's try it again one more time. Our amount of advancement, I am empowered to run through a troop and leap over a wall. One more time. It's amount of advancement. So therefore, I'm empowered to run through a troop and leap over a wall. With that being said this morning, you will leap over every advances, every challenges and difficulties in the name of Jesus. According to the text that has been put on the screen this morning, it says here that what's called from the book of Psalm chapter 18 verse 29. It says, for by thee I run through a troop and by God I have leaped over a wall. I pray for you this morning that you will leap over every walls that the enemy are going to present themselves before you in the name of Jesus. And second, also our second test this morning is in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 6. It says, And Samuel said unto the people, It is the Lord that advances Moses and Aaron and brought your father up out of the land. It is the Lord that advances Moses and Aaron which means we are beginning to see from the scripture that God is the one that advances men. I said it to you on our three days, I think on the first day, that there is a new name we're going to call God this month. is a God of advancer. A God of advancer. It says it is the Lord that advances Moses and Aaron. It is the Lord that advances Moses and Aaron. And so therefore I prophesy to somebody this morning, under the sound of my voice, you shall be advanced in everything that you touch this month in the name of Jesus. 
whatever the enemy want to use as a barricade to keep you bound whatever the enemy want to use as a strategy to keep you what's it called to keep you depressed you will break through the troop in the name of jesus also our final scripture this moment on this very particular segment of the month the scripture for the month it says in the book of exodus chapter 14 verse 15 exodus 14 verse 15 it says and the lord said unto moses wherefore cried thou unto me speak unto the children of israel he said that what that they go forward he says speak to the children of israel that they go forward which means the god we serve is a god of constant advancement constant advancement there are some of you this morning under the sound of my voice your cry has got into the ears of the father and he asked me to tell you this month it is your time for you to go forward oh this month you will advance on every side in the name of jesus with that being said this very particular morning as we begin to look into our context of our message i gave you guys an acronyms last um, on friday an acronyms for this month which is april and so because of that we'll be using that acronyms to examine a particular character in the bible it's going to be a blessing this morning i want you to be patient it's going to be a blessing i want you to be patient i want you to have your pen and your paper because we are going to be doing a bit of a writings and for some of you you are going to begin to see why what is happening to you or what is happening in Africa is currently happening. Because I said to God, I said, God, you're about to set me up. 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 But let's look at the, at the acronym. So before we get into Obadiah 1 verse 17, um, I want you to write that down. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17 and Isaiah chapter 14, 1 to 5. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. I'm going to be reading that from the King James Version and Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 1 to 5 from the NLT. But before we do that, I just want for those of you today's the very first time of joining us, this month of August, I mean, this month of April, we're going to be looking at these five acronyms, which is A-P-R-I-L. And the A-P-I-R-L, this is what is going to determine all the message of this month. The A yet means advancement and means advantage. It means advancement, which means you are going to be advanced this month. And so we are going to be looking at secret biblical secret that guarantees for advancement and also system of this world that we can engage also that guarantees for our advancement and so advantage which means what are the advantages that are presented in the bible and advantages that are available in the for lack of better word the circular world where you and i are that guarantees for our advancement and also on the pda it means powers and prosperity which means we're going to be engaging power dimensions of god and also powers that be on earth that we also need to subdue. I remember yesterday we were praying from the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 19. And for us to be able to configure powers. <laughs> As I'm just saying Luke 10 19. Now I'm laughing because I remember um, one of the beloved mother of this commission. And um, she sent me a message as though she was trying to share that very particular broadcast. And for strange reason it wasn't being shared because I like her message she sent me. She says the reason why the thing is not being shared is because the devil is afraid that power is being shared on the internet and when she said that to me it really blessed me it blessed me it shows that indeed even the social media platform when you cry and you shout in christ they hear you they hear you and i remember replying now i said i pray god is going to empower we as a platform family whereby we also have our own social media platforms and this is one of my prayer for the body of christ where we also have our own social media platform where we can come and talk everything and we don't get censored or stopped we don't get censored and stopped. And so the RDM means, it means rest and restoration. 
which is somebody this month you're going to find rest on every side and you're going to be restored in all the things that you have lost in the name of Jesus. The eye also there means insight, it means innovation, it means idea, and at the end of it all, it means increase. So for somebody this month, you're going to have an idea out from the insight of the scripture that is going to pioneer you to innovate something that guarantees your increase. And that will be your portion this month in the name of Jesus. The L there means uh, laughter and long life. Which means you are going to laugh throughout the remaining days of your life. <laughs> I thought somebody's going to say amen there. You are going to laugh throughout the remaining days of your life. Where men think that you are going to cry and burn, they will see you laughing on every side in the name of Jesus. And anyone that dares say to you that you will be buried before this year come to an end. I stand with a prophetic staff of God upon my hand that you will cross your destiny aged in the name of Jesus. Every age that has been pioneered in Christ for you, you will cross beyond it and you will live a full good old age. Like Abraham and Moses, your eyes will not dim, your ears will not go deaf, your mouth will not go dumb. You will grow old and grow in strength in the name of Jesus. With that being said this morning, Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. The Bible says, it says, but upon Zion, it says, there shall be deliverance. It says, and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. The house of Jacob shall possess their possession. But before it talks about this, it says, upon Mount Zion. It said, there shall be deliverance. The Mount Zion there is talking about is the house, is the house of God. It says, upon the house of God, there shall be deliverance. There shall be deliverance. Somebody this morning, I don't know what is that mind control system of the devil that has hold you captive. As the word of God is coming out of my mouth, you shall be delivered in the name of Jesus. I declare upon your life, on this mount of transfiguration, on this mount of rested life, on this mount of holiness, you shall find deliverance on every side in the name of Jesus. One of the deliverance for me that I know that is powerful above all is the deliverance of the mind. If your mind is delivered from every lies of the devil, you can be able to wage war against any devil and you'll be able to win. The lies of the devil. The lies of the devil. That's why we don't focus in this commission. We don't focus too much on the devil. Very good to talk about it, but we're not, we are not focusing on it. It is good for you to have a knowledge of the devil, but we are not there to empower the devil's knowledge in your life. No, I'm not called for such. There are people that are called for such. I celebrate them. I honor them. I don't have a problem with their ministry. Trust me, I don't. But just the fact that this is what I'm called for. I'm called for the people to enjoy rest. And so one more time, I prophesy to somebody this morning under the sound of my voice. I declare that before this month come to an end, everything that has hold your mind bound, it will be broken off in the name of Jesus. It also makes us to understand them. In the book of Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 1 to verse 5. Isaiah chapter 14, 1 to 5. I think I made a mistake. I told you Isaiah 14, 15. It's supposed to be Isaiah 14, 1 to 5. Isaiah 14, 1 to 5. It says here, it says, but the Lord will have mercy on the descendant of Jacob. It says he will choose the house of Israel as a special people. He said, the Lord will have mercy on the descendant of Jacob. The Lord will have mercy on the descendant of Jacob. The Lord will have mercy 
on the descendants of Jacob. It says there he will choose the house of the people once again. He will bring them back and settle them again in their land. And the people from many different nations will come and join them. It says and unite with their people of Israel. It says the nations of the world will help the people of Israel to return. It says and those who come to live in the Lord lands will serve them. It says those who capture the Israel will themselves be captured. And Israel will rule over its enemy. It's talking about the covenant that is upon the life of Jacob. It says in that wonderful day. When the Lord gives um, his people rest from sorrows and fears, from slavery and chains, he says you will be taunt. He says you will be taunt the king of Babylon. You will say the mighty man has been destroyed. Yes, your insolence is ended. He says, verse 5, for the Lord has crushed your wicked power and broken your rule. What is he saying this morning to us on this scripture? Isaiah chapter 14, 1 to 5. Mama Angela apologized for that. It's supposed to be Isaiah 41 to 5, not Isaiah 15. It's my mistake. Isaiah 14, 1 to 5. What is the scripture making us to understand? That in this month, there will be restoration. There will be restoration. As if that is not even enough, majority of you, you'll be settled back in your own land. The place that you have lost, that gifting, that talent, that opportunity, that grace, that influences that you have lost, you'll be restored back in your own land. And it says also that the nations of the world will help you return. Which means everybody that is dwelling in where you are dwelling, they will come together to help you to return. It says as if that is not enough. It says for you to see what happens in the house in this month of April. It says that you will find rest. It says you will find rest from sorrow. And also you will find rest from slavery and chains. I pray that Isaiah chapter 14, 1 to 5 will become your lot and your portion. In the name of Jesus. Now with that being said this morning, as we begin to go deep down into our message, remember the title is Covenant Day of Advancement. And so based on that this morning, we are going to be looking in a man's life called Jacob. That's why Obadiah chapter 1 and also Isaiah chapter 14 that I put on the table is just to give you a context as to what we are going, or probably to give you an introduction as to what we are going to be looking into. Trust me, I'm going to talk a lot. Because I want somebody to be free from a captive of a lie of the devil. I'm going to be talking a lot. I'll try not to preach. Try not to preach. I'll try not to preach. Because this message is one of the messages that if you can get this one right, especially we Africans, it will deliver you from a lot of trouble. Especially we Africans. We Africans. So now we see that concerning the guy called um, Jacob, like I said, I'm going to be examining the life of Jacob this morning. For some of you, apparently, you can put the title also. I just, I just felt led to just bring the title. The title has been fighting me ever since. It's called The Mystery of Jacob. The Mystery of Jacob. Remember, it's called The Covenant Day of Advancement, but you can put in bracket, The Mystery of Jacob. This guy called Jacob, who is he? What makes him separate? What makes him different? The Mystery of Jacob. Um, I want you to put down Genesis chapter 25 from verse 23 to 28. Genesis 25, 23 to 28. But before then, let me just give you a bit of an idea about who this Jacob is. Uh, we get to see that Jacob, his father's name is called, um, what you call Isaac. Isaac's father's name is called Abraham. Abraham had two sons, which is one of the sons is called Ishmael, the one that was born out of wedlock. And the other one was Isaac, which was a covenant one. 
And so based on that, we now notice that there was a particular point, Isaac in Genesis chapter 25, if you read it from the beginning, because I'm not going to start from the beginning, I just want to give you a preamble before I get to the birth of Jacob. We get to see that Isaac was struggling. Isaac was struggling, and as Isaac was struggling to have a child, the Bible says, Isaac cried unto the Lord, and the Lord hearkened to Isaac Christ, and the Lord now gave Isaac, now blessed Isaac, I mean, Rebekah, which happened to be his wife with the fruit of the womb. And now that is what happened. Now we are going to see the blessings of Rebekah. But before we see the blessings of Rebekah, I want you to understand something. By the time I was preparing this message, I was laughing because God was just showing me some certain things that, that, that it's kind of it's kinda, it's kinda tricky. It just makes me get to understand that God will do with your mess if you are willing to give him your mess. The problem with us is the fact that we want to come to church with our packaged character. See, come to church the way you are, but don't stay the way you are. Come to listen to platform message the way you are, but don't stay the way you are. Because why? When you begin to receive of the truth of God's word, it begins to filter the things that are not of Christ in you and begins to imbue, or probably it begins to impact the Christ knowledge that guarantees for your advancement. And so we begin to see with this very particular Jacob, but this is a funny thing that before I get into Jacob's life, I looked at Abraham's life. <laughs> it's quite funny. Abraham, out of Gragra, trying to help God, for strange reason, he, he tend to produce Ishmael. Why? You know the story. We now get to see with the life of Isaac. Isaac also by himself, by the time he pushed in the Lord, he also produced something that is causing us problems currently now in Africa. I'll show you. <laughs> That's why I say God chooses to set me up today. I don't know for strange reason my Africanism come up on this very particular message. Came out. It's going to come out, I mean. It's going to come out. And we also saw the life of Jacob. Jacob for also strange reason. He produced beyond what he can produce. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to our fathers, fathers of faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But one of the things I just want to say this morning is, I don't know this is going to be for somebody, regardless of your mess up. Just to show up. Just show up. Just show up. It's going to get sweet. All right, now let's look at how Jacob was born. Remember I told you about his story that um, his father's name was Isaac. Now, Genesis chapter 25 from verse 23 to 28. Genesis 25, 23 to 28. I have it here. Let's see. The Bible says from the NLT, it says the son in the womb. Now, this is, um, this is um, what's called... And Rebecca, Rebecca now was now struggling. She was struggling with, with, with what is going on in her womb. What is going on? Something has been introduced into her womb that she's not used to for the first time. Something has been introduced. And so, the Bible now says, the, the, the son in your womb will become two nations. It says, from the very beginning, the two nations will vary, will be rivals. From the very beginning, mark the statement, the two nations will be rivals. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like this message. <laughs> Some of you who are Africanism, you know where I'm going this morning. He said, one nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. And when the time comes to give birth, Rebecca discover that she indeed have given birth to a twin. He said, the first one will be very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat, and his name shall be called Esau. And the other born, the other born twins, with his hand grippling Esau, it says there that he would, with his hand grippling Esau, 
It says that I think where I'm, where I'm, where am I? With his hand gripping Esau's, yes. It says, um, I'm trying for me to see. I think I want the Living Bible. You give me the NLT, but I want the Living Bible. The Living Bible. I'm gonna start. Pardon me. Let me start again from the Living Bible here. The Living Bible, Genesis 25:23 to 28. It says here, and he told of her, the son in your womb shall become two rival nations. It says one will be stronger and the older than the other. The older shall serve the younger, younger one, and ensure and, and sure enough, she had twin. The firstborn was covered with a reddish hair. Please mark that statement. Reddish hair. It says one would think he was wearing a fur coat. It says, and his name shall be called Esau. It says, and the other twin was born, and his hand was on Esau's heel. I'll make you understand why the hand of why Jacob's hand was on Esau's heel. He says, so they called him Jacob, meaning the grabbler. The grabbler. Isaac was 60 years old when the twin was born. It says, as the boys grew, Esau became a skillful hunter. Why Jacob sits quiet? He's a quiet one who stays at home with his mother. Isaac's favorite was Esau because of the venison he brought home. Why Rebekah's favorite was Jacob. And so based on that this morning, let's examine this very particular two character that has been produced before us. We get to see for the very first time because some of you I want to apologize to you because I'm going to be changing what you understand about the scriptures. I'm going to be changing it this morning. Because why we've been told several times without number that this very particular story is a story between two nations. And of course, yes, a story between two nations, which is the white and the black. I'm here to apologize to my white people in advance that I'm going to be a bit harsh. But please and please forgive me because I want to address a message to my African community. I want to send a message to my African community for you to understand that it is high time for you to begin to advance. The time for your advancement has come on the picture this moment. We get to see for the very first time that this woman called Rachel, sorry, called Rebecca. Rebecca was pregnant with two nations in her womb. One of the nations is called a black nation and the other one is called a white nation. But now let's look at some of the characteristics here that differentiate on this very particular nation. The Bible says in verse 25 of Genesis 25, 25, he says here, the firstborn will be covered with a reddish hair and will think like, I mean, he will look as if he was wearing a, a fur coat. Ha. He says he will have a reddish hair. The first thing I want you to understand when it comes to this scripture this morning, Father, thank you. Because now my Africanism has just entered, powered by the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want you to notice on this scripture, he says he, will, he was born covered with a reddish hair. My dear Africa, wherever you are this morning, look at yourself. And do you have a reddish hair on your head? Is your hair on your head red? Because now we are, we are going to fight some, some... Today we are going to deliver ourselves from a long time oppression that has been lied to us either by our fathers or by the colonians who brought the Bible to us. And so look at your hair this morning and pluck your hair if you can pluck your hair. Is your hair red? Do you have a color in your head apart from a black color? Except if you're albino, it's a different ballgame. Do you have a black? I mean, do you have a reddish hair? It says, um, it says he would think he was wearing a fur coat. You would think indirectly their hairs are always, you know, for those of you who go to Brazil to get those hair, you know, let me address you Brazilian people. You're Brazil people. 
He says the hair will look like a fall, which means it's just kind of hair that falls. Now, when I saw this very particular scripture, it made me wonder. It made me wonder. That possibility that Adam and Eve, they were a black tribe. Because how? From the first time we see God was specific about this very particular new species that is being introduced in our society. We did not see that species produced in the Garden of Eden. We did not see the species produced with the life of Abraham. We only saw it being produced in the life of Isaac from the standpoint. When you look at your Bible, for example, the likes of Noah, the likes of a mortal called Nimrod, the likes of him. Check all those guys from Genesis chapter 1 down to Genesis chapter 25 where we are reading now. Look at all those guys. There was never a point a specific trait was given to them. But when it comes to this guy, a trait was given to them. Why? Why? Somebody's about to be delivered this morning. We're about to be delivered from an oppression that we've been taking for far too long when it comes to our race as a black man or probably as a black tribe in Africa. See, hear me and hear me. Let me put a disclaimer. The Bible calls to understand uh, in the New Testament that there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither white, there is neither yellow, there is neither black. I hear you, that scripture is powerful in Christ. There is neither red or black, blue or green and stuff, but I want to address my black people this morning. That's why I say, please, disclaimer, I want to address my black people this morning. I want to address. I want to address. <laughs> so when we begin to see, we begin to see this very particular guy. <laughs> All of a sudden concerning, what's it called? Concerning Jacob. The Bible says Jacob here was a grabbler. 26. Genesis 25, 26. It says, then the older twin, he said the older twin, with his hand on Esau's heels. So they called him Jacob, meaning he's a grabbler. Why would Jacob be a grabbler? That sounds like Africa at the moment, whereby we are constantly trying to grapple with what belongs to us. Is it not funny because we are going to go into the scripture very well this morning? Is it not funny where everything that belongs to us in Africa, at the moment we are trying to grab it back from the other tribe called Esau? My dear, I'm here to tell you this morning, Esau's are not, Esau's are not the black tribe. Jacob are the black tribe. It now makes sense why Jacob will fight for what belongs to him. Because the reason why Jacob was fighting for what belongs to him, he know that you, Esau, you are an introduction to a, to a generation that was not supposed to be there. Jacob understood that I will not sit back from the womb. Jacob has been fighting her. No wonder we get to understand the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Jacob understand that I'm not going to sit back and watch my destiny being taken by another tribe that decided to show up. He understood that. And so based on that, see, please, and hear me, and hear me well. Esau was a man that has a reddish hair. Well, not a man that has a black hair. His hair was like a fur coat. Indirectly, his hair was a falling type. African black people, we don't have falling hair. Apart from the Brazilian one, you went to borrow. Because it's not even your hair, you went to borrow it. We don't have that tribe. So whoever deceives us time before now, that we the Esau, the black people, that until we fight, like the prophecy was said concerning him, what's it called? We will get there. The prophecy that was said concerning Esau, that when you fight, you will break the neck from your chain, I mean, break the chain off your neck, my dear. That is not the truth of the gospel this morning. I'm here to present the gospel the way it is, according to how it was written, and according to my research, by checking history down to this morning. I don't want to go to Greek and Hebrew. I do that by my private zone. Let me just help you simplify it. Let me simplify it. It says the firstborn was covered with a reddish hair. But all of a sudden, Jacob, who is the original guy, 
Because Jacob knows that I look like my father Isaac. I look like my grandfather Abraham. Something must not be right here. Who is this introduction that has come into my life? That as some of you this morning, you are going to be very angry. Very angry. What introduction has stepped into your life? Stepped into your mind that has made you see yourself small? Jacob knew too well that I refused to be small. I refused to be small. So from the womb, he was already grabbing the heel of this guy. And we will see what happened. We'll see what happened. And so because of that this morning, I just want to prophesy for somebody. Any power contending with your nest. Any power contending with your advancement. Any power contending with what belongs to you. In the name of Jesus, you shall take them back speedily this morning. Kapratosha shall take them back. Shall take them back. Now let's begin to go. Let's begin to go. I want us to see something. I want us to see something. Genesis chapter 25 from verse 29 to 34. Genesis 25, 29 to 34. <laughs> it's getting sweeter. It's getting sweeter. It's getting sweeter. Genesis chapter 25. Krabosh Palata. Let's look at the scripture. Remember that they call him a grabbler. They call Jacob a grabbler. Oh, you Jacob, your time is here. When we talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're talking about the God of the black tribe. I'm very sorry, like I said this morning, I'm going to be a bit biased for my own black people. For once we've lived a life of, of lies, I will live a life to make it look as if the other race are more superior than us in terms of intelligence. For you to know how superior we are, even the land of Egypt was the one that sustains the intelligence, the mathematics and everything was from there. One country that will give you a clear indication that Africa has always been the prime of God's agenda. One country is called Ethiopia. A nation that has never been colonized, but yet still. The question is, what then? Who lied to us from the beginning? Who lied? Who lied? It says here, we saw this man called Jacob. Jacob, for the very first time, Jacob begins to fight for his life. An introduction has come into my space and I'm not going to sit back and watch this introduction, this new species that I don't know where you come from, your color, your race does not particular when it comes to my blessing. And as I for me, I tell you, I say, see, be selfish when it comes to blessing. Be selfish of your blessing. Be selfish. Be selfish. Salvation is personal. Everybody run your race. Run your race. It says here, it says one day, remember that these guys now, they are born. Now one day, it says one day when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau arrived home. From the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I am starving. Give me some of your red stew. Your red stew. This is how Esau got the other name Edom, which is mean red. He said, all right, Jacob replied. But trade me, trade me your birthright as the first son. Look, I am dying of starvation, Esau said. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, verse, verse 33. Verse 33, the Bible says, but Jacob said, well, vow to me that that birthright is mine. And Esau vowed, thereby selling his elder brother, I mean selling his elder son's right to the younger brother. He says, then Jacob gave Esau bread and peace and stew, and he ate and he drank and went about his business, indifferent to loss of the right that he had thrown away his birthright. I want us to look at something very easily. I want us to look at something because today, like I said, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a mind shift. I'm doing a deliverance service. 
The Bible says, Upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. Obadiah 117. And the house of Jacob <laughs> shall possess the possession. I'm here to do a deliverance service. This service this morning is a deliverance service. The Bible says here, remember that they've given this guy a name called Jacob a grabbler. That Jacob is a grabbler. But I've said to you at the first segment that Jacob, the reason why Jacob was a grabbler because Jacob understands that this very particular thing that like presenting himself all the time that as if he's superior, this is an introduction. Because this guy has a red hair. This guy has his head, his skin is like a four. It doesn't look like the generation that I came from. It doesn't look. And so because of that, he was fighting for what rightfully belongs to him. Regardless of the fact that he was the second born. Or he was the one that comes. Well, I come out last. Because you know how twin, obviously two of them can come out of the room. One must come first and the other must come. But the Bible now says, look at where, where advantage play. The Bible says concerning Jacob. Jacob was sitting down watching one day is one day. I'm going to take back what belongs to me. Just the same way, for example, South Africa wake up one money. And they look at it because the ESOS in South Africa under the name of apartheid regime. They were, they were oppressing and literally taking what belongs. And one day the Jacobs of South Africa sit back and they think, I'm going to prepare something that looks like you. And he was looking, what do I need to do? Now the Bible says concerning him that Esau, I mean Jacob was loved by the mother. But it makes it look as if he's a mama's boy, but this guy was smart. The same thing makes it look like as if an average, an average African, African son will like our mothers. But this is something that is very interesting. As much as he was a mama's boy, he was learning skills, he was learning trading secret. Because the Bible says yeah, concerning Jacob, the Bible says in verse 31 of Genesis 25, 31, I'm reading from the Living Bible. The Bible says, Jacob says, all right, he said, trade with me with your birthright. Where did Jacob learn trading from his mother? So the mother was a trader. Does that sound like African parent? Hey, we are going somewhere. We are going somewhere. Today you'll be delivered by force. All of a sudden, we saw this very particular guy. Because he needed an angle for him to get his bat right. He needed an angle. I need an advantage somewhere. Something must present himself. So one day, Jacob decided, decided to come back from hunting. Now let's we talk about hunting. <laughs> there are all indications that shows that this man called Esau, was literally not a black man child. We can see from his character and his trait. Africans, we, don't, we, are, we are more farmers. We are more farmers. We are more cattle rarers. Obviously, yes, we do a bit of hunting, but hunting is not our predominant culture. No, we are not like We're not that. How do you know when the colonials came into Africa? Because I don't want to call them colonial masters. They are not masters in any way. I refuse to be that pastor to give them that name masters. Never. When they came into Africa, do you notice what they came to do? When you check your history very well, when the whites migrated into Africa, they came to farm. Because the land was good for farming, but they discovered that the Jacobs in Africa, they've lost the plot and they were busy having tribal wars. The several tribes were busy fighting themselves. Which was the Reuben, the Naphtalin, the Benjamin, they were all fighting themselves in Africa. Instead of concentrating on the fact that the land belongs to us. And when this very particular other species flee into Africa about 400, 500 years ago, they discovered that the tribe, the 12 tribe of Israel, which is Jacob's sons, they were all not focused on what is important. Does that sound like what we are currently battling now in Africa? Where all of a sudden, a fellow black man like me will be called a foreigner. But a white man that comes into South Africa will be called an investor. Who has bewitched you? Who? Who? A fellow African in Africa will be called a query query, but just an ordinary man that paints himself just white comes in. All of a sudden, he's an investor. It's an investor. It's an investor. 
Africa, who has bewitched us? Who has bewitched us? <laughs> we'll go back again to our message. It says, and Jacob traded. Jacob looked for an advantage. When he saw the advantage, he knew that this birthright does not belong to him. He knew. Jacob fully understood that this birthright that Esau took, the same way like you all wake up one morning, Africa, it is time for us to take what belongs to us. It is time. And all of a sudden, some African countries begin to fight for their freedom. We begin to see countries like Nigeria fight in 1960. South Africa came up and fight for their own in 1994. All that countries in Africa begin to fight because why? The Esau has dominated this land for far too long. But guess what? There is a new freedom that we need to fight for. A new deliverance. It's called the economic power. We need to fight for that. We need to fight for that. And how do we see? Jacob began to trade an angle. He was trading. He said, okay, fine. I'm going to find a way for me to trade a business. I'm a businessman. I grew up with my mother. And so because of that, I know how to bring one round on the table and make it five round before evening. And so don't worry. I'm going to be turning my stew. I'm going to be practicing my stew. This stew, this is my slingshot. This very particular thing, some of you, your stew this morning can be that talent. It can be that very particular thing. Whatever the gift of God is upon your life, that's your stew. And Jacob understand that this stew is all I have now because I've sat with my mother for too long. I'm going to turn this stew to become my advantage. Turn this stew. And all of a sudden, one day, the opportunity presents itself. Why? Because the moment you perform properly, you've been able to get your clear-cut plan concerning what you want to do. Opportunity always availed, show themselves. They always show themselves. We now saw with the life of Jacob, Esau was hungry. Say, good, that's my baiting. That's my bait. And we saw the guy strategically change the thing. Collect what was rightfully is. See, let me say this. Esau did not, I mean, Jacob did not steal nobody's birthright. Nobody. Jacob collected what was his from the beginning. It's like waking up one morning and the blacks, I mean, the whites in South Africa will say that no, the blacks, like, no, the blacks are collecting their land. It belongs to them. Africa is our continent. It belongs to us. You can borrow and stay here. But not to come and begin to subjugate us. Because why? I will show you. I will show you from the scripture. Why till now? Africa is still a guinea pig. Because by mistake, Isaac prophesied that. Mistake, he prophesied that. I use the word by mistake. Because he was just trying to be emotional and bless Esau. Then we now begin to say, let's jet down. Let's jet down. Because I wanted to see something. Let's jet down. Let's jet down. Now that we've cleared that very particular part. Uh, let's look at Genesis chapter 27 from verse 21. Genesis 27, 21. How do we get here? We get to see in this Genesis 27, if you read from verse 1 to verse, from verse 1 to verse 29, we get to see concerning um, what he called this, this, this thing. Remember the first time we saw the abat? Um, the second one, we saw the bat right being exchanged. You are not taking what belongs to them. Then the third time now, we are now seeing what this bat right thing can do for every one of them. When I want to see. In fact, before I even do that, let me give you what makes Jacob a black man. I have about six, seven points here. I want to show you. Number one, Jacob was not a red man. He's a black man. Number two, they called him, he was a grabbler. Indirectly, just like Africa, trying hard to take what belongs to him. Trying hard to take what belongs to him. He was a grabbler. We're still trying to get our mind. We're still trying to get our economy. We're still trying to get things that belong to us. 
currently now dollars is currently which is an introduction into african currency they determine how we even pay what are the exchange rate we do just because russia and ukraine is fighting africa is still struggling in terms of their do you see how things are skyrocketed in terms of price an introduction of esau then we see number four jacob was not a hunter jacob was a trader and that's who we are as africans we're traders number five he was a mama's boy which is Africans and their borders. Africans and our fathers go out there and farm and bring the food home. And but Jacob, that's how we grew up. Our fathers are the ones that walks the walks. Our mothers just chill. And some of them at this very particular season, we see our mothers now coming out and say, "Okay, fine, I don't want to chill. I also want to walk." Another thing again, we see. He was a trader. The other one was a hunter. So which means when that one hunts the food. Now, this thing I'm saying, I said, God is trying to set me up. When Esau hunts the food, Jacob had to be the one to sell it. Does that sound, what you call, sound similar to Africa? They come into our continent, take our crude and our resources, but yeah, they bring it back and we buy it at a premium rate. Africa, who has bewitched us? He knows how to take advantage. He understands the power of blessing of the Father, and he was willing to take risk. But let's continue. We now see when the blessing time comes. When the blessing time comes, Isaiah, I mean, Genesis chapter 27, 21 to 29. It's a long read. Genesis 27, 21 to 29. I'm going to read it because I'll, I'll be fast in reading. And how did this very particular point come? At this moment, Isaac was old. Isaac wanted to die and Isaac wanted to pray for his children. And so based on that, Isaac now says, um, Esau, my son, I want you to give me a venison so that I can eat and bless you. Thank God for the internal trading secrets called the mother. Who understood? The mother knew. See, come. Esau, you are an introduction. You are an introduction. I will show you that at the scripture, when, the, when Esau managed, when Jacob collected the blessing, the father never complained. Because the father knew that this guy was right for what he was fighting for. That is his rightful position. Then we now see where the blessing comes. Look at it here. The Bible says, in verse 21 of Genesis 27, it says, come over here. I want to feel you. And be sure that you are Esau. And Jacob goes over to his father. I'm reading from the Living Bible. Isaac to himself. He said the voice of Jacob, but this is the hand of Esau. What happened? The father was trying to feel the hand. But if you notice, we black people, our skin are fine. We don't have hairs everywhere. <laughs> That's why God punished the idiots who says that Africans, what's called, we are from the tribe of monkey, gorilla. In my mind, I'm like, have you seen gorilla really look at you people? I don't want to mention name now because I promise after this service, if I'm being arrested, it's okay. But I just want to deliver some people this morning. We got to see that when the father touches the hand of, touches the hand of, J what's called, Jacob. And he says, this is the hand of Jacob because it's not hairy. But it's the voice of Esau. I mean, this is the hand of um, Esau, but the voice of Jacob. Why? The hand of Esau was hairy, but he can hear the voice. That this one, no. Jacob's hand is not supposed to be hairy. But I can feel Esau's hand here, but I'm hearing Jacob's voice. Let me say prophetically, the same way where it was the hand of Esau that gets the blessing, but the voice of Jacob that enforces it to rest is the same thing also that applies to us in the New Testament. It is your voice that is praying the prayer, but it's the hand of Jesus that is delivering the blessing for you. And so therefore this morning, every voice you are going to open this morning 
I want you to open your mouth. You are going to cry in just one minute. Lord, let my advancement be at the hand of Jesus. Let my blessing be at the hand of Jesus. Because why? It was the voice of Jacob. But yet it was the hand of Esau. It was the hand of Esau. It was the hand of Esau. But because why? God wanted your part to be in the game. That's why if Jacob's voice could not change. Because Jacob's voice could be recognized in the realm of the spirit. So that the hand of Jesus would be the one that guarantees the manifestation. And all of a sudden we begin to see. That in verse 24. Isaac asked him and says, are you really Jacob? He says, of course. He said, then bring me the venison and I will eat and bless you with my heart. He says, Jacob, take it over to him and Isaac eat and also drink the wine which Jacob has brought. He says, Isaac. He said, come and kiss me, my son. Jacob goes over and kisses his father, Isaac, and sniffs his clothes. And family seems convinced. He said, this is the smell of my son. He said, the good smell of the earth and the field that Jehovah has blessed. Say, may God always give you. Now, this is where the blessing comes in. Look at, look at the blessing that comes in for Jacob, the black man. The real black man. Jacob, he said, may God always give you plenty of rain of crops. <laughs> A good harvest of grains. He says, may many nations be your slave. He said, be the master to your brother. And may all your relatives bow before you. He said, curse are all those who curse you. And bless are all those who bless you. He collected what was his from the beginning. What was his from the beginning? That's what he collected. Look at the blessing. He says, may God always bless the plenty of your rain and your crops and good harvest. Is it not Africa currently that is the food basket of the world? I'm taking my time to be slow this morning because I don't want to preach. I want us to talk. I want us to talk. Because why? After this morning service, by the time we're going to be going into the communion, we are going to push ourselves to manifest. Enough is enough. We need to take back what belongs to us in media. Take back what belongs to us in art and culture. Take back what belongs to us in entertainment. In all of the seven influence of mountains. We have to take it back because they belong to us. And my prayer this morning is God by your mercy. This xenophobic that has hold Africa ransom. That may it be caused from the root in the name of Jesus. Where a black man in Africa will be seen as a foreigner. But somebody who just fly out of the continent into this continent. And then they will see them as investors. Even when they come and they are workers of railway. But yet you still see them as foreign investors. May that lie of the devil be broken off your neck in the name of Jesus. The Bible now says concerning Isaac. I mean concerning Isaac. Isaac blessed Jacob. As he blessed Jacob, he collected everything that belongs to him. One of the things in which I put here, I said he collected what was him. The prototype of Africa. It is time for us to advance and take what rightfully belongs to us. These guys came in 500 years to farm in the land of Africa. And you are blessed now. So it is time for you to take your position to take what belongs to you. As if that was not enough. We begin to see some sudden moves. Moving forward. Esau now becomes angry. Because Esau now has taken the blessing. I mean Jacob has taken the blessing. I take what belongs to me. It is mine from the beginning. It is not yours. The land is mine. It is not yours. The platinum is mine, it is not yours. The gold is mine, it is not yours. The trading secret is mine, it is not yours. From the very beginning. I'm here to challenge you. From the beginning. It is not yours. And we then begin to see, when Esau came back, because the father has blessed Jacob, when Esau came back, Esau was crying. Esau was crying. Esau was red. You know those tribes, when they get angry, they go red. <laughs> you know them. He was red already. Because remember, Esau was called the red guy. 
That's why it's called Edom. He was red already. Have you seen a black man crying he's red? <laughs> you know, I'm just trying for me to play with this thing so that so that you don't you, you get it easy. The Esau came, he was red already. He was already crying. And he asked the father, I said, Father, Genesis chapter 27, 38 to 41. He says, Father, he said, Has thou not but one blessing for me? He says, Oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And the father Isaac answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be, thy dwelling shall be fat on the earth. He says, And the dew of heaven, he says, from above. He says, And thy sword shall thou live, and thou shalt serve thy brother, and it shall be, it shall come to pass when thou have dominion. He says, And thou shalt break the, the yoke of thy neck. And Esau hated his brother because of the blessing wherewith his father had blessed him. And Esau said, to, Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father is at hand. Then I will slay my brother. <laughs> now let's look at this scripture. Genesis 27, 38 to 41. I'm slow here because I want us to see something. Genesis 27, 38 to 41. I'm slow because I don't want to be in a hurry. I just want to be slow. It says here. It says, look, let's look at verse 39. On this very particular one that is on the screen. It says, and Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, He said, Behold, thy dwelling shall be fat of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. Mark verse 40, because I'm going somewhere with verse 40. He says, And by thy sword shalt thou live, and say, And you shall serve thy brother. And by thy sword shalt thou live. Mark that word, the sword. Let's see what the sword literally means this morning. By the sword shall thou live. Now, what is it? That very particular sword is a weapon. Does that make sense? When this introduction came into Africa, they used weapon to fight us. <laughs> By the sword shall thou live. Does this make sense? How they came in with weapon to fight us. And when they came in with weapon, guess what? Their main plan, see, their main plan of these very particular guys, that's of me, I'm talking to my black people now. Their main plan is not just to come and, and, and collect the land. Their main plan is to wipe us all out and stay in the land. They wipe us all out because why? From the very beginning, it wasn't them. They were an introduction into the species and they are causing us Africans. Divided us, 54 African countries. They gave us 8,000 borders that separated every one of us. 8,000 borders was placed in our continent. Because why? It's a weapon. A weapon of the mind. It says, by thy sword shall thou live. What sword again? Does that make sense? What we begin to see? That when we look for virus and look for pandemic and chronic disease, it's found in our continent. You think that Ebola was just a mistake? <laughs> by thy sword shall thou live. You think that COVID-19 was a mistake? By thy sword. And guess what? Check all the guys who are bringing this very particular, um, what's called sicknesses and diseases. The Esau's. By thy sword. Because why? They are still after what doesn't belong to them. Already from the bat you were introduction. You were introduced from the bat. It was not your right for you to even get the blessing. But still you are still fighting. By thy sword. By thy sword. Whenever you see a sickness flying into Africa, you wonder... Ebola, H1N1, bed flu, what you called? Name all the sickness you can think of. Name them. By the sword shall thou live. He says, and thou shalt serve thy brother. 
They make it look as if they come to serve us. But trust me, their game plan is after they enter, how to kill you out. See, I'm saying this because I work, I work in government sector before. By God's grace, I was privileged in South Africa. And I work in the business sector where <laughs> I'm saying this because I've seen a lot of white folks registering companies with their maid ID and the maid had no clue that they have a Fortune 500 company that is currently billions of rand. And yet they are paid 3,500 by thy sword. Shall thou rule? <laughs> Africa, it's unfortunate that I, now, I don't have a big platform, but let me put my voice on this message today so that by the time someday come, five years, ten years down the line, somebody will pick this message and run with it. Because my job is to steer the next movement for Africa and for you to see that God has blessed you beyond measure. Stop selling yourself so short to some certain system that don't belongs to you. You have brains like them. You are smart more than them. That's how I can say it. I'm so sorry. You are sharp. You are strong. Do you notice that even, even you're just being black, your melanin in your body, it's so powerful to the point that they need you. You think that organ harvesting that is happening across Africa, what do you think is going for? It says, by the sword shall thou live and thou shalt serve the brother. <laughs> Which means they are meant to serve. But we lost the plot when they came into Africa and we give them the land. And in giving them the land, they shoot our fathers. By the sword shall thou live. They shoot our fathers, kill them all, took the land. And when they took the land, we can't trace the document of the land from them. But yet, they are an introduction in our continent. You know, they don't understand that the Covenant Jacobs are coming. They don't understand that we are coming. That we are coming. That we are coming. That we are coming. Let me judge my next point. Moving forward, we get to see that Esau was bitter. Esau was bitter. And when the mother noticed that Esau is angry and wants to kill Jacob, the mother noticed that this introduction wants to kill the original tribe. And that's why we still see that this very particular introduction is still trying to kill us. They are still trying to kill us. You walk in their company, they pay you like peanuts. <laughs> they pay you peanuts. I don't want to mention companies that I know in South Africa here. Where you see the whites and the blacks, they work as, they work as both directors. Like literally both directors, both certificates. But you discover that the white is being paid more than the blacks. Because why? By thy sword. They know that we can't carry weapon now at this point and shoot you guys. But we'll shoot you intellectually. We'll, we'll, we'll rip you off of your resources. And if you want to go and die, that's your problem. By thy sword shall thou live. Esau made the mistake. I mean, Isaac made that mistake saying that statement. And they hold that. Guess what? They hold that propheticality tomorrow. Still fighting to take what is not even theirs. But how come when the blessing came upon us, Jacob, we sat back, we chill. Because the blessing is not just for you to sit back. The blessing is for you to engage. We are now at a point in Africa where until if we don't engage, we wake up one morning, we won't know the Africa again that belongs to us. They are currently introducing system into our continent that is currently fighting our parliament, fighting our judiciary, fighting our government, fighting our systems under the name that by the time we kill ourselves, then they will come peacefully and stay by thy sword they are still trying to break themselves free because normally they're supposed to serve us not the other way around hmm. the bible says 
in Genesis chapter 27, 42 to 44. It says, And these words of Esau, the elder son, were told to Rebekah. He said, And she sent and called Jacob, the younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau is touching thee. He said, Doth comfort himself, purposing to kill you. He says, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise and flee to Laban, my brother, to Haran. He said, And tarry within him for a few days until your brother's fury. Now, at this very particular point, as I get to the core of my message, for the first time, we saw Jacob. After he has succeeded in taking his, what belongs to him, after he has succeeded in fighting for the blessings from his father, the mother said to him, Dude, it is high time to advance. That the advancement that you want to see in life cannot come by where you are staying right now. You have to now advance and get to the place that rightfully belongs to you rightfully belongs to you now go take what is yours go take what is yours all of a sudden one of the things there that i like about this very particular guy you know we're having workers meeting i like saying his workers meeting one of the things i like about jacob jacob was willing to listen remember that jacob jacob has every right to start fighting that no this is my father's house he didn't complain he just stand up and start walking one of the things I want to say to you, you can't always complain why things are not working. It is time for you to work them out. You can't always complain. It is time for you to advance. I saw what in Clan Locks is busy doing and stuff until that, until he, I don't know if he's even released until he was arrested and put into prison. On a fellow black, who has bewitched that boy? Who? Who bewitched him? Who? Who bewitched him? These are discourse that if South Africans are not going to open, see, let me say this prophetically to South Africa. Because South Africa, you may not understand this. I want you to turn the map of Africa. Turn the map of Africa. Nigerians, we are triggers. That's who we are. When you turn the map of Africa, it looks like a, it looks like a piece too. Like literally looks like a piece too. This is where Nigeria is. This is South Africa. Our business is to come to trigger for you to think and to see. That if we can trigger you and you begin to shoot what is necessary. South Africa, hear me and hear me well. Africa is waiting for you to be liberated powerfully and economically because the next Africans movement, we are waiting from South Africa. See, I'm in Nigeria. I can tell you that all boldness. When you find us everywhere in Africa, we are trying to press the trigger. South Africa, wake up. South Africa, wake up. South Africa, wake up. Because why? The continent of Africa is waiting for you. That's why, for example, I like some few South Africans who are not going to allow this xenophobic mad madness to hold them. Guess what? Do you notice that when they leave the shores of South Africa into other African countries, they blew. They cheer with the big boys. I can mention names. You know them. I can mention names. Both it in the circular or even in the gospel. Check them. When they leave the shores here, because why? You guys carry the power for you to produce. We only come to press the trigger. I said, this is like what I'm doing this morning. I'm pressing the trigger. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. And when we try to show you, you, the fools that are there, fight the same people who are pressing the trigger. Because Nigerians are there to just press the trigger. South Africa are here to reflect the light. What does it mean? Nigerians are like the sun. South Africans are like the, what's it called? Like, 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 like the moon. We are generating the heat. We want you to reflect it. But now you are fighting the people generating the heat for you. And you wonder why the Western world is happy that you are fighting your own people that's supposed to even generate why you guys will generate each other together. Because Africa, hear me, 
Nigerian and South Africa, there is a covenant from God by himself that governs these two nations. That if these two nations can get it right, Africa as a whole will be fine. If South Africa and Nigeria can partner in full, Africa will be fine and blessed. Blessed totally to the point that the Western world will have no influence into our community anymore. All the 4,000 or the 8,000 plus borders will come down in one day and we will now understand what it means to become a united Africa. United Africa. Become one. Where, for example, I keep saying to you, I'm looking forward to that day where nations, where, what you call, where countries can become state. States become province. Province become community. Community becomes local government in our own continent. Let me judge forward. We now see concerning Jacob. Jacob decided to move. Genesis chapter 28, 1 to 4. Gen Jacob decided to move. He stand up. And he says, okay, I hear you. I need to advance. I need to advance. And he stood up. He started advancing. And the Bible says, Genesis 28, 1 to 4. He says, and Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughter of Canaan, arise and go to Padan, Padan Aram, to the house of Bethel, thy mother's fathers, and take thee from them a wife, one of the daughters of Laban. He says, And God Almighty bless you, and make the fruit we multiply thee, and thou shalt multiply, shalt mayest be multiplied, I mean, be a multitude of people, and give thee the blessings of Abraham. <laughs> It says, and thy seed, and thy mayest be able to inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. Do you notice something with this scripture? When this guy was about to move to go advance in his career, guess what here? The father was not angry. Do you notice that this very particular point, this is the second time the, the father would have been angry and say, you deceived me. But guess what? The father knew that this is the original owner of this product. He knew. He knew. When you want to advance at every stage, you must get to that point where you are matured to begin to cut your own covenant. And we begin to see Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 to, 20, verse 10 to 22. It's a long read, but I'm going to jump. I'm going to just read from verse 22. The Bible says after, it says after Jacob, I mean Isaac has blessed Jacob. Because remember, Esau wanted to kill him. So he said, let me run far. He ran far. He went to his uncle's place called Laban. When he got to Laban's place, I mean, when he was about to, when he was going on the road, he knew, this is one of the secrets this morning. It's part of my point. He knew that this advancement I want to get into, this next stage of my life, for every African is hearing me, your next advancement is going to come from the covenant you are going to cut with your father. Now, I understand that Jesus has come to court the eternal covenant with us, which means we are not, we are not, we don't need for us to be able to now carry chicken and do now head like this and throw it into a sea or whatever. No, we don't need to do that part. The eternal covenant has been caught for us to be a partaker of the blessing that is available. But as a dimension of your next advancement in your dealings with God, it has to come from your own personal covenant. Guess what? Genesis chapter 28, verse 20. The Bible says why, um, what you call, Jacob was going... He fell asleep. He slept at a particular place called Bethel. When he slept there, the heavens opened and the angels were coming up and down, up and down, up and down. And all of a sudden, as the angels were coming, he woke up and he was like, wow. And when that angels was coming, there was a particular prayer that, that, that God was now releasing upon the life of Jacob. 
Guess what? Do you notice that God was not even angry with Jacob? He didn't say he was a thief. Because he was the rightful owner. <laughs> he was the rightful owner. He was a black man. He owns this stuff. Esau was just an introduction. Read your Bible very well. From this very particular scripture, take your time. Genesis 28, 10 to 22. You'll find it. God was not angry with him. He wasn't angry. The same way God was not angry, the father was not angry, then who lied to us? Who lied? Who lied? We now saw in verse 20. It says, and Jacob made a vow. Indirectly, Jacob made a covenant. He says, saying, if as, he's saying, God, if you will be with me and keep me in the ways that I go, and will give me bread to eat, and remain to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, he said, then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou givest me, he says, I will surely give my one tenth unto thee. Hmm. Jacob caught a confidence that guarantees that his journey for advancement be secured. There are some of you this morning, you are praying and saying, God, I want to advance this month. I want something to move for me. Remember this service called Covenant Day of Advancement. What covenant are you going to sign with God? Jacob understood very well that if I have to be able to advance in this, I have to cut my own covenant. My dear, your family is waiting for you to cut your covenant. Your nation is waiting for you, listening to me, to cut a covenant. God, if you would make me get this one, two, and three, or oh God, as I partake in this, this, and this, I want to be this, this, and this. And you stay faithful in that very particular covenant. Do you notice with Jacob? When Jacob did that, if we go back to Jacob, I mean, what's called Genesis chapter 32. The Bible says, and Jacob, 32, 33, 34, he came back and fulfilled that covenant because God trusted him that this one will obey this covenant. God trusted him. My question to you, in this covenant service that we're talking about, what covenant are you going to cut with your God? What covenant? You are shouting, God advance me. But do you see now from the scripture here concerning Jacob being advanced to the next stage of his life? It has to come on the platform of covenant. It has to come on the platform of cutting his own personal covenant with God. Lord, as far as my family is concerned, this is my sacrifice. This is my covenant that I want to put on the table. The reason why for majority of you who knows me as your pastor, I will never preach a message that, 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 that devoid you of your responsibility. Never. I've read the Bible in my few days being in ministry. I've never seen any part of the scripture that God just did without the people's participation. I've never seen anyone. Never. Never. The reason our church is full with people whereby they are lazy in doing what they need to do is because whoever is the priest of that place keep making them feel that just chill, God will do it for you. My dear sisters and brothers, let me say this to you. God, I ain't doing nothing for you if you're not going to play your part. Nothing. Nothing. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. Deuteronomy 28. He says, if thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord and observe to do all that he has commanded thee this day. So if you are not going to do that part, there is nothing God is going to do. As much as this month of, this month of advancement is going to be a month of mind opening like this one. It's going to be a mind opening. But my prayer, I pray every morning, Father, let them engage this truth. Africa, hear me. We've been lied for far too long. That the Esau's were the black and the Jacob were the white. I'm here to tell you this morning, from the scripture we are reading now, the literal Esau were the white and Jacob's were the black. We have no red skin. 
We are not hunters. Haven't you seen that the people who are poaching our rhinos and killing our stuff, who are they? Are they black? No. 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 They are not. The reason why we keep remaining small is because we've always placed this very particular ethos of a tribe superior to our own black race. And that has made us to remain poor in our own continent. My question that I want to ask, until one day we wake up to the reality, before the borders of Africa were separated and borders were put in Africa, there was a man called Nimrod. There was a man called Mansa Musa. These very particular guys, they were the richest black men as far as life is concerned. Richest. As a matter of fact, your Solomon is a black guy because he was from the tribe of David, from the root of Jacob. And yet he was the wisest man that ruled. My question I want to ask you this morning, because I'm not here, because sometimes we bring Christ, bring all those things, it's good. That's why I'm giving you the scripture, I'm, I'm bringing the Bible to show you. But my question I want to ask you this morning, because I feel like crying, I don't want to cry. I'm tired and sick and tired all the time of seeing Africans fighting themselves under the name of race and nationality, under the name of tribes and different passports. Who has bewitched us? Who? Who did that to us? Who? My mother in Nigeria, is a sister to you currently listening to me. We were all caught from one cloth. One cloth. But yet, we keep fighting ourselves. And do you notice what happens? <laughs> the Inkankla Lords can come and begin to fight other blacks. Do you know what they do? They give Inkankla Lords weapons. They give him the strategy. They give him because why? They may not be able to carry the gun again and shoot us. But they can give him the finances for him to fight us again back. It's part of the weapon that Isaac said to Esau. He says, by thy sword. By thy sword. I looked at the other day. I was looking at this in Clanklan Logs guy. I said, you notice that everybody he is fighting. That has to do, for example, I'm not against the fact that he's fighting illegal foreigners and codes. Okay. But my question, the fact that he fights illegal foreigners, you want to tell me that there's no, illegal, there's no illegal white foreigners in this country? You want to tell me that? That there's no illegal white foreigners? I beg to differ. I refuse to agree. And besides also, I remember I was arguing with one idiot the other day. <laughs> I was arguing with a guy. What was my argument? He was fighting with me and arguing to say, no, that these foreigners are illegal and stuff. I said, see, come, before they become illegal, do you notice that especially from West Africa, especially from places like your East Africa, your Northern Africa, when they flew into South Africa, they flew in with a visa, check their system. So when they came in, they were not illegal. They were not illegal. The system kicked against them. The system that was placed by the ESO kicked against them. And now you want them to go back home empty-handed. Why? Who has bewitched us to that extent? Who? I posted the other day, no country on planet Earth does not have foreigner. No country. No country. I don't care. Nigeria has foreign. Go to Nigeria. There are white. There are a lot of white people. But you know I like Nigeria with white? <laughs> I think, no, see, I'm saying this because it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's my experience. When I stepped into South Africa 20, 2009, the first shock I had, honestly, my hand is up. The first shock I had, what are white people doing here? And why are they plenty? Literally, that's my first shock. I was so shocked. Like, what? And now, this is the thing that even make it more shock. Why are black people repairing roads in this country? And white are sitting in cars? I was shocked. I'm telling you the truth, I was shocked. Go to Nigeria, go and check who Julius Baja is. There are white guys repairing the road. We left them to serve, literally, like the Bible says, 
and the younger, I mean, the elder shall serve the younger. Literally, that's what is happening in Nigeria. Go and check it. Go. In fact, go to West Africa. Go and check it. Southern Africa. In general, my Africa. Who bewitched us? Who? I know you're expecting me for me to come. See, we've done, what's it called? 31 days of manifestation. I prayed. I fasted. We, we, we confessed. We do stuff. We're going to pray tonight. But this morning, let's, let's talk. Let's be real. Let's be real. See, your problem right now, <laughs> it's not a fellow black man. Can I tell you the truth? Your problem right now is the system that has been placed that is fighting against you. It's not the fellow black man. Never. Dig down. Check it. It's not the fellow black man. It's the system, the economic system that you can't penetrate. So based on that, you are fighting the people who are trying to push themselves into that reality. I'll never forget yesterday at the seminar in which we went to. There's this counselor, I've forgotten her name. She said there are three kinds of people that this, this South Africa will never forgive and I join them. Number one, she said those ones who are entitled, entitlement. Now, this is the South Africa saying it yesterday. Entitled mentality. The government must do for us. This must happen for us. If the government doesn't do, we're going to. In fact, the government even give you house. You're asking them to give you stuff. Some of you are even going to the far now to the point that you even ask them to sleep with your partners. The entitlement mentality species. Number two, the deceivers. Who are the deceivers? I like how the woman put it. The fig trees. Those are the fig trees. They make it look as if everything is fine. But by the time you come to them, there is nothing. You cannot be able to ask them how they are. Ask them how are they driving that Bentley. They can't tell you. They can't give you. Teach me how to make this work. They can't. Because they know that they bump into it. Either they bump into it by fraud, by crime, by corruption, by, by drugs, by whatever. I don't care. Whether you are for, as long as I'm talking to Africa. I'm not talking about South Africa now. I'm talking about Africa. And Africa is, we are here in South Africa, so it's okay. Then she talked about the third kind of people. And these are lazy people. They are just lazy. Guess what? I was looking at the woman, I was shocked. South African black. She's a counselor here in Joburg. I was shocked. I feel like going there to give her a hug that this is what I've been shouting to the point that I almost got deported and almost put in prison. Twice. Almost. My lawyer was the one that bailed me. Twice almost put in prison for making my own black understand that, dude, you are superior than what you are seeing right now. Let's move because, because of my time. Because I just want to put some certain things and after then we'll go take our communion. And I'll leave you to ponder about that very particular thought. Because I want you to... See, this is my point I want you to achieve this Sunday. That after this service, you literally go back home and sit down and think. Because the problem there that I've noticed with the church is the fact that we keep our thinking brain at home. Then we come to the church. Then by the time we go back home, carry our thinking brain. What the church says and what the thinking brain is actually saying, they don't connect. Because for strange reason, I don't know who lied to us that the Holy Spirit doesn't work with your thinking. It works with your thinking. It works with your thinking. We now see, we now see Jacob. For the first time, Jacob got to, because after this, I think I'm going to take my communion. And um, okay, I'm, maybe probably just give you about two or three points on how to be blessed, how to receive the blessing of Jacob. Because it's also going to be a mind-blowing how to receive the blessing of Jacob. We now see, now Genesis chapter 38. Genesis 30, 27 to 43. It's a long read, but you need to write it down. We now see here when, when, when Jacob, 
Remember now, Jacob, at this very particular point, he's left his father's house, he's gone to meet Laban. And how, when he got to meet Laban in Genesis chapter 30, we get to see that, um, if you read from verse 1, that when he got there, he find these very particular people there, they were trying to, what's called, feed their animals and stuff. They were farmers and all those things. <laughs> I don't want to go back again. They were farmers and all those things, and they were cattle areas, and they were trying to feed. And Jacob got there. Because of his nature, he, he walks. That's why you see black people. We just, we just want to walk. We are not opportunists. We don't just come and take things. That's why you find in Nigeria, in Zimbabwe, that most people are fighting now. You find in Zimbabwe, you find the Zambia and the Malawi coming to South Africa. The first thing they are thinking of is how to work. How to work. They have no time to create excuse. And they don't have a problem going to work at pick and pay and they give them 20 rand or 30 rand per day. It's okay. They can do something with that. They can do something. So Jacob literally got to, what's it called, to Laban's community. And he find that the women there, they were trying to, I mean, the guys there were trying to feed the animals and stuff. So he joined them. If you read the Bible, the Bible says he joined them. And so why he joined them, he now asked the question. Remember I talked about asking questions. He asked the questions and says, I'm looking for Laban, blah, blah, blah. How do we find Laban and stuff? So one of the guys pointed, he said, that's the daughter there coming with the sheep. It's funny how the daughter was the one coming with sheep. <laughs> they talk for another day. My women, it is high time for you to leave the bedroom and go to the boardroom high time whoever has bewitched us to make us feel as if just because you're a woman you're supposed to be at the bedroom you are better than you selling yourself cheap you are better hear me you are better you are better than selling your body cheap so you have a brain that is superior to that guy who is trying to sleep with you you have a brain superior to that very particular system trying to molest you under the name of money and if you're hearing me this morning i put myself on the table for you this morning and you know that you've been abused as a woman and you don't know how to get out of it. And you are tired. And you know too well you are so scared that if I, if, I, if I come out of this very particular abuse, I'm going to be killed. Please hear me and hear me well. Do me a favor. Inbox me. My number is currently strolling down on the screen there and my email. Let's talk. I know people that I can call. I know people that I can engage. Even your government here. That can help you peacefully where your life will not be threatened. And that idiot who is abusing will find himself in prison. I promise you that. I promise you. Don't let you, don't sell yourself short anymore. That guy who is pimping you, whether he's in Nigeria, who has a brothel selling you, please reach out. I beg you, reach out. I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for everything Christ. I'm for everything Africa. I'm for everything advancement. I'm for everything of those three things I said. Please reach out. We get to see with Jacob, he met Rachel. And when he met Rachel, and all of a sudden, he decided to help Rachel, feed Rachel's stuff, and Rachel was good. And after then, Rachel now took him to the family. While he got to the family's house, the Bible says that Laban received him. Laban was very happy that he received of this very particular guy. And after receiving, for the first time, I think, how do you guys call it? I think it's his niece or so, niece or nephew. After receiving, remember for Jacob, that's his uncle. Laban is his uncle. So he literally went to his mother's sister's house. I mean, his mother's sister. How do I do you say this to him? Because I'm, <laughs> I think because my, I'm trying for me not to be emotional. So I'm in the, the mother's brother. Yeah, man. The mother's brother's home. So which is his uncle. Yeah. So now when he received, when Laban received this young boy called Jacob, the Bible says Jacob begins to walk with Laban because this is where now I'm going to pack my talk. Jacob began to walk with Laban. 
and the bible says in the book of genesis chapter 30 verse 20 i'm trying to make sure that i get a scripture right genesis chapter 30 from verse 27 and 28 genesis 30 27 and 28 genesis chapter 30 27 and 28 i'm trying to look for it genesis 30 27 and 28 genesis chapter 30 i think i've gone far to the point that i can't Mamunpo, you really posted a lot. <laughs> I really appreciate you. Now I'm now be the one to catch up with you. <laughs> Genesis chapter 30, 27 and 28. I hope I get it right. I'm trying to look for it, but I can't find it. Now, let's see. The Bible says that Genesis chapter 30, 27, 28. It says, And Laban sent unto him, he says, I pray thee, I have found favor in thy sight. Tarry, for I have learned that by experience that God has blessed me for your sake. He says, and he said, appoint me thy wages and I will give you. What is Laban saying to Jacob? Because Laban is a, Jacob is a sharp guy. He's a black man from Africa. What is I to go hang around? Like I said today, I just want to talk. <laughs> I want to preach. We'll preach from next week. I just want to talk. Then we got to see, at this very particular point, Jacob was now doing business with his uncle. As I was doing business with his uncle, the uncle keep changing his salary. I want to address those of you this month whereby what you are working and the pay you are getting is not corresponding. As simple as this prayer is, I want you to believe this prayer. That every place that you have been working and they keep paying you short. By the power of God that calls this month the month of advancement. You shall be lifted out of that place into a space that is better in the name of Jesus. And for some of you this morning, that same place where they have caught your salary, like Jacob, they've caught it so many times. I release insight and innovation that will guarantee your payout to be bigger than your expectation in the name of Jesus. I declare upon you by the covenant of grace upon my life that anything that keeps sponsoring you walking like an elephant and eating like an ant, I cast that spirit from the root in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, Jacob keep getting minimum salary from Laban. And yet Laban keep getting blessed. It's still almost a system of Africa. You work in that company, they pay you peanuts. But you are the one doing all the jobs. The, the, the ESOs don't have a problem bringing all the certificate, all the files. And you come into the office by, by what you call, nine... By seven, you are still there, but yet all your directors, they've gone back home. I break that yoke off your neck this morning in the name of Jesus. Now, at this very particular point, the Bible says, Jacob was a smart guy, because this is where it gets interesting. Jacob was a smart guy. At this point, Jacob says, see, I'm not going to sell myself short. I'm not Esau. I'm not going to sell my bad right for the fact that you want to pay me a med salary. Africa, it is high time for us to begin to think about prosperity. One of the big things I've noticed in my continent is the fact that we are very quick with, with, with now prosperity. You don't mind killing everybody just because you want to drive BMW. You don't mind, you don't mind compromising simply because you just want to stay in Stain City. But yet, there is a house bigger than Stain City. Jacob was sharp. He understood. He says, let me show you from the scripture. He says, on this very particular Genesis chapter 30, when Laban put the proposal, because he wanted to leave, Laban put the proposal and said, see, I know God don't bless me because of you. Did I just speak broken? <laughs> I know God don't bless me because of you. 
But I know what make you go. I'll make you still stay. But as you want to stay this place, I beg, tell me what I will pay you. Now, Laban was asking Jacob, tell me what I'll pay you. By the power of God upon my life, I pray for every one of you today that as you step out of this very particular service, your wages will be negotiated for increase. Ah, your wages will be negotiated for increase in the name of Jesus. That light that makes you always receive peanuts of your company, I cost that thing out of your life. In the name of Jesus, all of a sudden we saw Jacob. Jacob said to him, he says, see, I'm not going to allow you to pay me salary. We are going to partner in this very particular business. And the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 30 from verse 31 to 43. It's a very long read. Genesis 30, 41 to 43. The Bible now says then, it says, and he said, he says, what shall I give thee? Jacob said, he said, thou shalt not give me anything. This is what Jacob, don't give me anything. He says, if thou would do something for me, he says here, I will again feed thy flock and thy sheep. Now, this is the idea. This is when we talk about April. The idea means ideas and innovation. This is where it comes in. He says, I will pass through thy flocks, removing from them the speckled, the spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep. He says, and the spotted and the specked among the goats. He says, and of all sorts to be my, to be my hire. He says, so shall my righteousness answer for me. He says, when it shall come for my hire before thy face, every one of that is that is not spotted among this very particular thing will be yours. But that which is spotted is going to be mine. Now he now says in verse 34, and Laban said, I will like, I like what you are saying. Let it be according to your word. And he removed that day the goats that were ring-stringed, spotted, and all the goats that were spotted, I mean, that were speckled and spotted, and everyone that had some white in it, and all the brown among the sheep, and he gave them into the hand of his own son. Now, guess what? This is where the game of inside and idea came in. Now, remember that all the animals now that is available, they are all straight animals. Straight animals. There is no dots. Remember, the negotiation that this guy has said, the ones with dots, that's what I want. This is the place of ideas and innovation coming in for somebody this month. The Bible says in verse 36, and the guy set three days to a journey. It took three days. And between himself and Jacob, he said, and Jacob feed the rest of Deban flock, and Jacob took the rod. This is where they, this is the internal trading secret powered by the Holy Spirit. Because I know you thought that this thing is all about Africa. There is Holy Spirit in this service. Powered by the Holy Spirit that gave him an idea. Guess what he did? He took a rod of green polar and hazel and cash nut and peeled white, uh, what you call, streaks in them and made a white appear which was in the rod and set them, I mean set the rod which had peeled before the flocks in the gutter and the watering through where the flocks come to drink. It says, and when they come to drink, it says now, and the flock will conceive before the rod and they will brought cactus that has specks spotted and ring stick. What did he do? To cut the long story short of this very particular thing. He took rods. He took leaves. He took stems. Put them in water. I know the water is plain. But he put them because what he was doing. You see the power of imagination. Even animals. What they see they produce. He puts it in that water. So by the time they begin to see spotted stuff. They see white, black, purple. They see stuff in the water. When they now mate themselves. They produce what they see in that water. And that's how the Bible says 
that to cut a long story short, the Bible says in verse 39, and the flock conceived, they brought forth all this in verse 40, and Jacob did separate the lamp that was serving the lamp and set the face of the flock towards the rings. And all the browns, he said, he gave them to Laban and put the same flock by themselves and put them not into Laban's cattle. And it come to pass, Caprato Shapalata, whenever the stronger cattle did conceive, he said that Jacob laid the rod before the eyes of the cattle and the gutter, and all of his sorting that they might conceive, verse 42. He says, and when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. And the feeble ones went to Laban, and the stronger ones came to him. Look at what happened in verse 33. And the man increased. Does that sound like I of April? He came up with an idea. He was very innovative. He has insight from the Holy Spirit. And that produces increase for him. My dear sisters and brothers, Romans chapter nine verse nine, Romans chapter eight verse nineteen make us to understand. It says, "For the endless expectations of the creation, the creature awaited for the manifestations of the sons of God." My dear, if we are going to take over Africa, if we are going to take over our continent and remove our borders, hear me and hear me well. It is only going to come from the standpoint of here, here, here. There are some of you. I'm talking now, guys. Pardon me. I want to talk to my Nigeria. Nigerians, wake up. Remove those geriatrics called old leaders. Remove them. God has given you opportunity of your voting. Vote people that have a prosperity thinking. Vote people that will remove us. See, I tell people, it's not because Nigeria doesn't want to go back to their country. The leaders, they make it very difficult for us to come. Nigerians, as you are going to vote very soon, come next year in May, you are going to vote. Please remove what is not needed. Africa! Hear me and hear me well. Your leaders that are producing nonsense, we keep going to the West for a resources that belongs to us. Haven't you noticed that they will come to our continent, take our raw materials, take it to that place, refine it, bring it back for us to sell. That's what was happening with Esau when he was in his father's and his mother's house. Esau will go and hunt, bring it back for Jacob to sell. Can we wake up and let that cause die today? It says for the NX expectations, it says for the NX expectations of the creature waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. If we have to manifest in Africa, we have to stand up and be responsible and occupy the mountains of influence that belongs to us. Until we wake up and begin to do the business of trading and enter into commerce and industry and go there with a vision that I want to change my continent, not going there with a vision that I want to enrich myself. The big problem why we are still where we are today is because we refuse to make it a collective business. Everybody is going into the field to make it a family business. Family business. Everybody is going to have a family business. And that's why Africa is still where it is today. You will find out during the, what's called the Zondo Commission, if you guys were honest enough, have you, do you see all the secret that was coming out from that Zondo Commission? People you never expect that they... They have brought to themselves with corruption. You begin like, what the hell? It's a me, myself, and I agenda. Everybody was focusing. If Africa will be great again, if Africa is going to be the brightest continent in the world, do you notice that they are the one who name us the third world country? We didn't name ourselves third world country. They name us third world country because why? It is still the weapon of the mind. Remember the prophecy that Isaiah gave to Esau. I mean, Isaac gave to Esau. He said, "By thy sword." They use that very particular sword to play games on our mind. 
and they are using the sword to fight us africa and we are still sitting down praying in our church instead of going into the mountains and begin to collect what belongs to us that's why for us as platform church from the first or the third from tomorrow go to the mountain go take what belongs to you this month is your month for advancement it is time for you to show up and go take what rightly belongs for you i was saying to my wife when we're coming back from a journey yesterday i said babe i'm coming back coming back for everything that i have paused i'm coming back to press play because why africa belongs to everyone that lives in it africa belongs to everyone that lives in it as long as you are in africa whether you are in south africa or you are in nigeria as long as you are my black race you can trace your ancestry for lack of a better word to this continent my dear welcome home it is time for us to do business and begin to take what belongs to us there are some of us because i don't know any other christian name i can mention there are some of us we have to start partner with the likes of alukudangote that has built a refinery there in nigeria and instead of sending your crude oil to russia send it to nigeria for refineries to be built instead of us in south africa trying to look for russia to solve our escom problem can we go find one of the african countries that can solve escom load shedding problem for us and also for you nigerians instead of you trying to go to china trying to go to uk to go and solve your passport issues it is time for you to locate south africa they produce their passport themselves locate this country can we start doing interpreting business with ourselves because i'm sick and tired of waiting for 2026 at that point only god know 2026 my daughter or my son will almost be 40 something years how old am i i want to live long and see what that very particular thing will be and so because of that every one of us including african union including pan-african parliament including wherever you call yourself as long as you're in this continent we have to shrink that 2026 and bring it to the next five years because africans we are tired of the borders and the passport that we keep carrying and yet visa keep blocking us it keeps blocking us it's enough for us to stop that thing because why we are one in this continent we are one we are one in this continent they came they brought it the Esau brought it to africa and they segregated us to 54 african countries it is time for us to bring down those borders and just like esau i mean just like jacob he understood and he created his own 12th tribe of judah the same way we have 54 tribes it is high time for us to become one this nonsense of fighting each other all the time this nonsense of saying that because he's a nigerian guy he's a Ghanaian, he's a south africa all of a sudden we keep bringing our fort under the name haven't you noticed I was saying to a particular pastor that even we pastors, we are now peddling separation within our church altars. We are peddling separation. I've heard pastors who are saying that these Nigerians in this very particular country, Nigerians, they don't want to do this thing. South Africans don't do that. I look at them and say, are you mad? Can you, can you hear yourself? Can you hear yourself? Can you hear yourself? We keep, but I refuse that. If there is a church that will find all the nationality and they will be fine dwelling, my dear, come to Platform Church. Let's build an Africa that we want to see. I'm looking forward for people who will say that I'm tired of living small. I want to live larger and live to the fullness of who I am. My job is to stand on the mountaintop and pray performance for you. Your job is to be like Joshua and go to the field and take all the mountains that belongs to you. I can't wait for me to see Mamupo entering into the place of politics and getting effective down to the point that you become a president. It is possible if you want it. I can't wait for me to see my wife, Kanisa, getting down to Ghana, to Nigeria, to, to, to Syria alone, to Liberia. Do business in that country. That's your continent. God has blessed us in this continent with about 1.3 billion population. It's enough for us, for us to begin to think business from that standpoint. 
not sitting down and waiting for 60 million. And you know that 60 million, they're buying powers at less than 25%. So what are you talking about? Don't come here and tell me that you know what you're doing. Don't. You don't. You don't. The church carries the solution of the world. And until we wake up to the reality that the church is an answer to the decay of the world, and all those ones who don't even have an answer, please, please hear me well. <laughs> Mr. President, I have a secret on how we can solve this issue of migration in this country. If only you will make a time for me for us to sit down and let's just talk this thing like normal. Let's sit down. Let's remove, let's remove national. Let's just talk. African leaders, Africa AU, I'm talking now from this standpoint here. I'm available for me to sit down with the AU head of state. And let's talk. Let's remove. What is one you are telling me that the only way African can be united? 20, 20, 20. Can I, if you say it. And you all have African passport. You all are leaders of African passport. Traveling left, right, and center. But we, the people, we are paying the price of a crime we never committed. Simply because we allow the ESOS to enter into our continent. And they make mockery of us. And yet we are living, feeding from hand to mouth. Enough is enough. It is high time for Africa to arise and begin to take what belongs to them. Start doing business with your own people. Remove nationality. Remove it. As long as it's a black race, you are part of the ones that God has blessed. The Bible says, and God, and God, Bible says, and God called the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the black tribes. He caught a covenant. The problem with us, we've left the promises. We are now looking at the problems. We've left the promises. We are now battling from the problem instead of battling from the promises. We are battling from the problems. And guess what? The Esau, despite the fact that their promises was you shall fight with a sword. Haven't you noticed? They were fighting with the sword. They use Ebola. They use N1H1. They use COVID. They use different kind of weapon to make sure that they remove us from Africa. And yet we are sitting down chilling, behaving as if all is well, and not saying anything regarding this very particular thing. The system must fall. With that being said, how to receive the blessings of Jacob? I'm going to say one point, and after then we're going to take our communion. And after I take our communion, I'll see you tonight. I came with these teachings because I'm tired. Listen to me, as your pastor, I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing you play small. I'm tired of seeing you planning from, planning from 15, from South Africa, for example. I'm tired of seeing you planning from 60 million. Nigerians, I'm tired of seeing you planning from 200 millions. It makes sense when we plan from 1.3 billion people. It makes sense. It makes sense. Forget the issue that if you open up the borders, everybody will flow to South Africa. Then let, let other countries who are not going to put the system, they are going to take care of goats and sheep in that very particular place. The president, then what's case? See, we will solve the problem. I don't want to give the secret that I have concerning those, those, those stuff. I'm tired. And until we begin to preach such gospel from our pulpit and begin to tell the truth of the pain behind the scene, the problem is the fact that we've been using the Holy Spirit to cushion the pain. But the pain is somewhere there. You know when the light is off in your house, you know that your problem is not the Nigerian business country. You know. It's your system. You know. Your system has so much empowered the Esau's to the point that the Jacob are bleeding for what belongs to them. The Jacob are the black race. The Jacob do not have red hair. They don't have false They don't. The Jacob are the black skinned people. That's why it has to be the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Christ had to come out from that very particular place and restore us back to the blessings of Abraham. The black race blessing. 
the black race blessing. The black race blessing. It is high time to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Stop fighting your fellow blacks. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. If you are peddling that vapor, you know people who are peddling it, please, I beg you, inbox them this message. I beg you for my sake. Inbox them. Don't worry, your pastor will be safe. Inbox them. That this nonsense must come to an end. Remember Romans 8, 19. For the NX expectation of the creature, waited for the manifestations of the sons of God. There's time for you to manifest. There's time. There's time. How to receive the blessings of Jacob? Number one, place value on the blessings. Place value on the blessing. When the blessing is there, place value on it. The problem with our generation is the fact that we don't place value on the blessing anymore. Do you see the intelligence? Do you see the battle that Jacob went just because he wants the blessing? He had to, he had to turn stew. He was turning stew. Place value on the blessings. Place value. You are blessed beyond measure. The moment you came into Christ, the blessings of the Lord is available hovering around your head. Place value on the blessings. Place value. Please value. The problem with us is when you see your prophet prophesy to you and stuff like that, it's just ordinary words. But you go and meet a Sangoman. He talks and put spit on the things. Carry, give you and say, chew, you will chew. Is it because we don't do that for you? Please value on the blessings. Please value on the blessings. And how do we, what are the three factors that guarantees blessing upon your life? Three things that enforces blessing upon your life. Number one, your biological parents. Your biological parents. Do you notice that for Jacob, Jacob fight to the point that he wants his father to bless him. And when the father blessed him, the second time the father was blessing him, he said, he said, may the blessings of Abraham landed upon you, Jacob. No wonder we didn't hear God restoring, to the, to, restoring back to the blessings of Isaac. Restore to the blessings. He says in Obadiah chapter 1, he says, he says in the, what's called, in the house of the Lord, chapter deliverance, he says, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. Possess their possession. Because why? The blessings of Abraham, Isaac literally sent it to Jacob. Literally. Guess what? The blessing is an empowerment to perform. Empowerment to perform. If you are willing to engage, the blessing is there. I'm going to be releasing some dangerous blessings tonight service. I beg you, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Because it's, it's a fuel that will push you to do what you have to do. Number one, that guarantees your blessings. Your biological parent. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Exodus 20, verse 12. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Exodus 20, 12. Father Lord, we thank you. I hope I'm not too hard with you guys this morning. I just want to bring the truth. He says, Honor thy father and thy mother, so that thy days may be long. It says, Upon the land which the Lord has given thee. Say, But honor them. The only way to participate of the blessing, you have to honor your father and your mother. How do we know the honor? When Jacob was, I mean, when Isaac was asking for stuff, Jacob did not say, no, my father doesn't like me now. What am I going to do? He honored. He, he, the mother said, go and give your father food. He went to give the father food. Honor. If you notice, the Bible didn't say respect your parents. He said honor. Because he knows your parents will have fault. That's why he didn't say respect them. He said honor them. He knows. Honor your parent. Honor your parent. Number two, who are the people also that enforces blessing upon your life? 
Apart from your biological parent, number two, your spiritual parent. Your spiritual parent. It says also in the book of Second Chronicles 2020. It said, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophet and you shall prosper. Which means your spiritual parent carries prosperity for you. They carry like I'm talking now. I want you prosperous. That's why I'm hard as an Africa. I'm hard on you this morning. I want to prosperous. I want to prosperous. So your prosperity is in the hand of your spiritual parent. We, we, we stand on the mountain, breaks barrier for you. We stand and we remove, we shift stuff that are stopping you. That's what we do. Number three, who has again enforces the blessing? Yourself. Yourself. Because if your spiritual parent pray for you, your biological parent pray for you, and you say no, there's nothing that can happen. So it has to be a partner between your biological parent, your spiritual parent, and you, yourself, concerning your life. It says in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, it says, For surely I say unto you, whosoever shall say. So if you are not going to say, don't expect to see. Whosoever shall say. Whosoever shall say. Final point because of my time. Number two, what must I do? Cut your own covenant with God through the lenses of Christ. Cut your covenant with God through the lenses of Christ. Cut your covenant with God. It's high time for you to cut your own covenant with God. You have to learn how to cut your own covenant. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30, it says, For I sought a man among them. God is looking for somebody. And I pray that that person is you this morning. I sought a man. I sought a man. I sought a man. Will you be that one that God will, you will sign a covenant with this morning and say, God, regarding this entertainment industry, regarding finance, regarding government, regarding judiciary, regarding act and culture, Lord, I stand this morning, I caught the covenant with you. That as long as you bless me, Number one, I'm going to remember your house. And number two, I'm going to put Christ on everywhere that I go to. He said, I sought a man that should make a hitch and stand in the gap before me that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Maybe that's why Africa is still where it is today. We are all cutting covenant for our family. We are not cutting covenant for the nation. It is time to cut covenant. What is in it for me for the communion? We'll continue the service next week Thursday. What is in it for me for the communion? One of the things is the fact that in John chapter 6, from verse 53 and 54, John 6, 53, 54, John chapter 6, from verse 53 and 54, John 6, 53 and 54, I'm trying for me to look at that very particular scripture. It says here, said, Then Jesus said, Very verily I say unto you, Except you eat of my flesh, which is this, and drink of my blood, which is this. It says, you have no life in you. This month is a month for advancement. We need life. We need life. So wherever you are now, I just want you to hold that communion and begin to speak. You've heard what I've preached. I'm not going to now begin to try and cajole you. you we, we have to be matured somehow. You are going to pray holding your communion. Lord, I speak to this communion in my hand. This is what I want to see. I'm tired of the way Africa is decaying. I'm tired of the way the system is fighting. 
And I also want to advance this month. Open your mouth and begin to speak to your communion. Open your mouth. It's your prayer. Start beginning to pray. For some of you, you are beginning to pray. You're going to begin to declare on your communion that the acronyms of April, let it begin to find expression. That it empowers you for advancement. It gives you possibility for you to see advantages. It opens your insight. It gives you ideas. It empowers you for prosperity. It shows you innovations on how to be increased on every side. And it guarantees long life. Put your mouth and begin to pray on your communion. And begin to speak life. Speak life that, Lord, as I partake of this communion, this is the life of Christ. It's the blood of Jesus and the body of Christ. The blood of Jesus and the body of Christ. Lord, I declare this moment that as we take this communion, everything that represents you, Father, let it show up in our lives. Let it show up in my life. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, from verse 29 and 30, 1 Corinthians 11, keep praying, keep praying, just keep praying. Keep praying. 1 Corinthians 11, 29 and 30. The Bible says, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, he says, drinketh damnation to himself. He says, not designing the Lord's body properly. He says, for this cause many are weak, many become sickly among you, and many sleep. What does it mean? That when you don't recognize that this is literally the body for you, by the time I'm going to pray for you and I say take it, it's no more, it's no more wafer, it's no more whatever you have in your place, whether it's bread or chinchin, whatever the thing is, it's literally the body. He said, because you do not discern the body properly, he says, instead of you to live in a healthy life, you become sicky. Instead of you for you to be to be strong and having vitality, you are weak. And instead of you to have long life, you die. That's exactly what the communion carries. This mystery. Carry that threefold. Father, this morning I pray for everyone's communion. Lord, I ask with the discourse that we have this morning. Father, you just wanted us to talk. I pray that as a partake of this communion, the communion in their hand, wherever they are, Father, it becomes the body of Jesus. And this becomes the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. I declare that everything that could not stand Christ will not stand any of them in the name of Jesus. The ability for them to advance. Because Jesus advances even down to the cross and now seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, empower them for advancement. Empower them for advancement. Empower them for advancement. Thank you, Father, because we know that this is done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. All right, you can partake of a communion. And as you partake of a communion, I want you to just pray, declare what you want to see this week. As you declare that we are going for our short break in terms of going to take our tithe and our offerings. Whatever the Lord has laid in your heart for you to give, we are a given church. We are a given church. Remember Jacob says, when he was making his covenant, he says, by the time you bless me, I'll come back and I'll bring my one tent. Majority of you, you've taken your salary. It's a covenant. Eating your one tent is, <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. Like literally, I don't know. I know you will say it's not enough. I, I hear you. But it's a covenant that you have to play your part. Trust God for him to supply. Trust him to supply. And give your tithe, your offerings, and your various giving. As you do so, Let's go on this short break. I'll come back, release the blessing, call it a wrap, 
and I'll see you tonight by 6 p.m. That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.